Well, let me welcome you to Seamuson High Kirk here in North Ayrshire. I'm the Reverend Scott Cameron, and it's just a joy to worship with you this morning. Well, can I also say to our members, Janet Dawson, she'll be 90 this coming week, and also to our own Bethany Cameron, who'll be 18 this week. Well, we just want to wish them both a very happy birthday, and may the Lord bless you. Well, we're now going to worship together as we sing in our opening hymn, God is here, and that to bless us. Let us unite our hearts in prayer. Let's pray. O oh, our heavenly King and eternal God, as we enter into your presence this morning, our hearts, our words and our songs now rise to you, for you are holy, holy, holy. You are Father, Son and Holy Spirit, 
blessed triune God. And so as we enter your presence, we are so conscious of your majesty and glory. It is no wonder that even the angels cover their eyes and their feet. And so as we worship this morning, oh, may our own homes here become the very sanctuary of God. May our lives be steeped in prayer, covered by the precious blood of Christ, cleansed of all sin, filled with the Holy Spirit of truth. Oh, as you draw us in love and mercy, touch our lips afresh, open our ears, that we may see wondrous things in your word. And may we now continue to praise, worship and adore you in the beauty of holiness. And as we pray in Jesus' precious name, we now join our hearts as we share in the Lord's Prayer, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever. Amen. Well, I'm now going to invite Daniel to come and read to us from the Word of God. Thanks, Daniel. Let us hear the Word of God as we read in Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 to 25. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labour. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Glancing this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, Why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, What I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Now a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flock. Some shepherds came along and drove them away, but Moses got up and came to the rescue and watered their flock. When the girls returned to rule their father, he asked them, Why have you returned so early today? They answered, An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. And where is he? he asked his daughters. Why did you leave him? Invite him to have something to eat. Moses agreed to stay with the man, who gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Zipporah gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom, saying, I have become an alien in a foreign land. During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning and he remembered this covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. May God bless us the reading of his precious word. Amen. Well, over the past weeks, we've been considering how Christ revealed himself to his disciples on the road to Emmaus. 
Yes, they were slow of heart to believe, but oh, when their eyes were opened, they got it. They could see Jesus in the books of Moses, the writings, the prophets. Now the whole of the Old Testament scripture revealed to them that the seed of the woman has to suffer. Then enter his glory. Oh, they got it. (laughs) How foolish of heart, though. They had been expecting a mighty warrior king, like David, who will deliver the nation of Israel from Roman oppression. Well, as Jesus took them through the scriptures, it seemed so obvious that the Christ must suffer before entering his glory. All the patriarchs, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, they all pointed to a wounded bridegroom, a bruised champion. He would be greater than Moses, Joshua and David. He would be a greater prophet, priest and king. Well, we've already walked through much of Genesis, where we see the suffering and the glory of the coming Messiah. And as we enter the book of Exodus, we can now see the life of Christ revealed in the life of Moses. Well, Genesis 3.15 reminds us that there would always be enmity between Satan and the seed of the woman. Therefore, in the opening chapters now in Exodus, we see Satan using the Pharaoh of Egypt to kill the male seed of Israel. Here, the disciples would now see how the birth of Moses anticipates and points to the birth of Christ. Herod, like Pharaoh, would make war on the seed of the woman who was to be born in Bethlehem. And so we enter a desperate time for the people of God here in Exodus. The promises of God seem to have died in Egypt, the land of bondage and death. Over 400 years had passed. The remarkable story of Joseph was all but forgotten. Hope had now died. Where was the future? God's promises seemed unfulfilled. And now a new Pharaoh has arisen. But in the midst of the darkness, a child is born. A light has dawned. Oh, this child would be a prophet, a deliverer, a saviour of God's people. In the book of Exodus, Moses' life is divided into three 40-year periods. And in these periods, we see Moses, the royal son, Moses, the lowly shepherd, and Moses, the great deliverer. Well, as we consider the early life of Moses, we find an innocent Hebrew baby under condemnation and the sentence of death. Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, seeks to destroy all the male babies by casting them into the Nile. Well, in chapter 2 of Exodus, we read how Moses' mother now takes a papyrus basket and coats it in tar and pitch. Well, the word used for the basket here is the same word used of the ark that would deliver Noah and his family from the waters of judgment. And so she was making a small ark that would deliver her son through the waters of death. Well, in the life of Joseph, we saw in one day where he was taken out of a deep dungeon, the place of death, and is raised up to the right hand of the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Well, in the same way, we now see that Moses is lifted up out of the rivers of death and is exalted to the royal house of the king, where he becomes a son to Pharaoh's daughter. Isn't that lovely? As he is delivered from the waters, he is named Moses, which possibly means drawn out. Well, it's amazing how the key events in Moses' life would be marked by water. 
He was drawn from the waters of the Nile. He would also turn the waters of the Nile to blood. He would lead the people of Israel through the waters of the Red Sea. And there, while in the wilderness, Moses brings forth water from the rock. And there, by the waters of Marah, the bitter, poisonous waters would turn sweet. Well, when Moses entered the royal house, yes, he became fully Egyptian. He was educated in all the wisdom of Egypt. And so he would be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, a prince in Egypt. He would be the son of a king's daughter, a royal heir, but would also be the son of Abraham. Again, can we see the life of Christ in the life of Moses, the son of God, the promised Messiah? He would be fully divine, yet fully man, two natures. As God would draw out Noah from the flood, Abraham from Ur of the Chaldees, Lot from Sodom, and now he draws out Moses from death to life. Well, sadly, Moses' early life didn't end well. In Acts chapter 7, verses 21 to 24, we read, When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his fellow Israelites. He saw one of them being ill-treated by an Egyptian, so he went to his defence and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. And there again in verse 29, he fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. Well, after killing an Egyptian, he becomes a fugitive on the run, with Pharaoh now determined to kill him. And so Moses, the royal son, now becomes Moses, the lowly shepherd. For the next 40 years, Moses takes refuge in the land of Midian. The son of the royal house now becomes a shepherd. From the heights of majesty, oh, he's now clothed in the nature of a lowly shepherd. Well, we read in Genesis how Isaac's wife, Rebekah, was found at the well of Haran. Well, Jacob also found his wife Rachel at the well of Haran. In John chapter 4, we read of the adulterous woman at the well of Samaria. After meeting Jesus, she asks, Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well? Well, now we see Moses finding his bride at the well of Midian. He had rescued Zipporah and her sisters from the other shepherds, and now he draws water from the well of Midian for them and their flocks. Here we see the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. We also read in Isaiah 12, the great song of redemption. Therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. Oh, can you see Christ this morning, the royal son and the lowly shepherd. In the glories of eternity, we're told in Revelation 7 that Christ, the Lamb of God, will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And what a promise, we will never thirst again. Well, Jesus declares to the woman at the well of Samaria, 
Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And so we see Moses, the royal son and the lowly shepherd. And so in Christ we see the Son of God and our great shepherd. But we also notice that Moses would be the great deliverer of God's people. In chapter 3, Moses arrives at Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai. Well, Horeb means to dry up, be in ruins, to lay waste. And this was certainly a picture of Moses' own heart. He had reached the place of dryness and felt his life to be in ruins. Looking back over his life, he would reflect on his sorrows and his suffering. He was born a slave, brought up a prince. He gave up his home, his reputation, his wealth. He was willing to suffer for the cause of God. But here he is. He had been 40 years in the wilderness of Midian. And so on this desolate hillside, the place of dryness would become the place of consecration. As Moses draws near, he encounters the fiery Shekinah glory of God in an ordinary acacia bush. And so Moses is told to take off his shoes. This is holy ground. There was nothing great about the bush, but what was great was God in the bush. Here the true and living God, Yahweh, speaks with Moses about the Exodus. Moses would be the great deliverer, yes, of his people. But as Moses would say, but who am I? In the Gospels we find Moses on another mountain with God, the Mount of Transfiguration. We're told that Jesus was talking to Moses and Elijah about his exodus. Isn't that amazing? Moses had seen the fiery glory of God in a bush on a hillside. Moses now sees the fiery glory of God again, but in the bush of human flesh. Well, Moses was a royal son, a lowly shepherd and a great deliverer. But there on the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses points to a greater royal son, a greater shepherd and a greater deliverer. For a greater than Moses is here. Jesus, the great I Am, is the one who will deliver his people. Everyone in Egypt would have worshipped various gods, but who's right? Who is the true God? Well, God declares, I am who I am. In Psalm 9 verse 10 we're told, And those who know thy name put their trust in thee. And so the Lord tells his people, Say to this people of Israel, The Lord, that is Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. And so God reveals himself to Moses as the great I am. I am the one who exists. I am the eternal one, the living one. I am the true God. There are no other gods. I am the unchangeable one. There is no shadow of turning in me. I am the same yesterday, today and forever. I am the everlasting God. I am who I am. The children of Israel were crying to God to set them free from their bondage. We're unable to save ourselves. We're unable to move forward. We're unable to free ourselves. We're unable to do much. 
We're unable to pray. We're unable to be righteous. Oh, the heart of their cry was, we are unable to do anything. But God says, I am. I will come down. I will deliver you. I will lead you. Even Moses said, who am I? And so he declares in Deuteronomy 18, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. He will be a greater than Moses, a greater than Joshua, a greater than Abraham, a greater than Joseph. He'll be a greater than David. Yes, he must suffer like Abraham. He must suffer like Jacob and Joseph. And he will suffer like Moses before he enters his glory. O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Oh, again, as the disciples on the road to Emmaus see Christ in the life of Moses, oh, their hearts would have burned. Yes, Jesus is the royal Son of God the Good Shepherd, the Great Deliverer, God in the bush of human flesh. As Christ revealed himself to them, they now run back into the city to tell them of a greater than Moses. Oh, like the woman at the well, when she realised who this man was, she just left her water pot and ran into the city to invite anyone who was willing to come to the fountain of life where streams of living water would flow. Oh, I like that. Oh, are you thirsty this morning? Are you spiritually dry? You may find yourself in a spiritual rut, a place of dryness, a wilderness. Oh, Isaiah prophesies, he will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You may well be crying like those in Egypt. Oh, we're unable to save ourselves. I'm unable to get out of this rut. I'm unable to free myself from my bondages, my sins. I'm unable to pray. How can I be holy? Oh, I'm unable to do anything this morning. Oh, but God says, I am. I am able. I have heard your cries. I am able. I will come down to you. I will deliver you. I will lead you. God desires to meet with us in experience. He desires to come down, to deliver us from our sins, to lead us and to walk with us through our wilderness. The Spirit and the Bride say come and let the one who hears say come and let the one who is thirsty come and let anyone who will partake of the water of life without cost let him come. And so will you come to the waters this morning, the fount of every blessing. Oh, come and drink of that life-giving stream. Well, Isaac and Jacob found their bride at a well. Moses found his bride at a well. Therefore, may Christ, the royal son, the good shepherd and the great deliverer, find you this morning, his bride, at the wells of salvation. 
Oh, may the Lord bless you and encourage you and warm your heart as you seek to follow him, to trust him. Bless you. Well, let's worship together as we sing When Upon the Isle of Patmos. For many years, the High Kirk has had a precious friendship with Suresh and Roja Vimulapali from India Village Ministries. We always look forward to their visit each year. Well, many have been asking after them, especially when we hear so much of India and its struggles with the latest wave of pandemic. Well, I want to thank Suresh's son, Swithin, for putting this video together. So please continue to remember them and pray through for the people of India. India is currently fighting the world's worst second wave of COVID-19 with record-breaking daily cases. There are more than 400,000 cases being reported in a day. Hospitals and healthcare providers are running out of their resources in their fight against the pandemic. And the situation on the ground is very dire. Untimely deaths and mass cremations are becoming the norm. As the situation worsens, the need of the hour is to provide urgent necessities. 
like PPE kits to health workers, frontline warriors, Many families performing last rites for the deceased. The situation is so bad. Our healthcare system has collapsed. At the moment we need medical support, oxygen support. We are losing those people who could have survived. There is a shortage of beds, oxygen and medical supplies. There are many people who are dying. There are no beds in the hospitals. There are no oxygen cylinders. Unfortunately, a severe oxygen shortage now faces India as the existing healthcare infrastructure is unable to meet the rising demand. Each oxygen cylinder is costing us around 500 pounds that is 600 US dollars. Help us arrange oxygen for COVID-19 patients. We would like to help local hospitals save patients by providing them oxygen cylinders and concentrators and PPE kits. Your contribution will help us to save lives of people in our region. Your contribution will help us to win the battle against this crisis. Thank you. Well, I'm now going to invite Helen Wilson to lead us in our intercessory prayers. Thanks, Helen. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again that we come to your throne of grace in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who died and rose again for us. We bring our request to you, knowing that you hear and answer prayer. Father, as we are seeing restrictions beginning to ease, May we not forget the countries who are still facing serious struggles with the effects of COVID-19. We think again of the land of India and we hold before you our friend Suresh and his teams. We ask that you will keep them safe and that they will be able to obtain all the resources that they need. Lord, will you hear the cries of your people who are seeing so many loved ones becoming ill and dying? 
grant that the vaccines will be administered fairly and quickly. And bless all who are working so hard and taking many risks as they seek to help others. As we look around our world, we see so much suffering caused by violence and war. We pray for your comfort for all who have been bereaved. And we pray just now for the peace of Jerusalem and that whole area. Lord, do grant that justice will be done all round and innocent people will be protected. As we think of all the people in other nations, we think also of our own young people. Remember those who are sitting exams. May they know your peace and do help them to remember what they have learned. Keep all of our young people safe from the evil one. Help them make wise decisions and help them to stand firm in their faith. Bless all of our church family and let them know that you are close to them. We commit to you all who are weary or ill just now. Let them experience your strength and your healing power. We ask for your anointing on all who are preaching your word today. Enable them to speak with courage and boldness. And may many people turn to you for salvation. Fill us all afresh with your Holy Spirit and let us see you come in power. Father, in our weakness, help us to be strong in you. Increase our faith in you, for you are a faithful God. In your mercy, hear our prayers, as we ask all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks so much, Helen, for leading us in our intercessory prayers. Well, we're now going to sing in our closing hymn, I'm Pressing on the Upward Way. Thank you. 
And now let us go in the strength of the Lord and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with us and remain with us now and always. Amen.